Meet a giant squid that can swallow you up in one bite. Prehistoric Podcast! Welcome back to the Prehistoric Podcast. Today's topic is what? Ordovician creatures. Ordovician creatures, and when did the Ordovician happen, Don? 488 million years ago to 443 million years ago. It lasted 45 million years in total, and we decided we're going to start doing the time periods in order. And since and we're we did, doing the Paleozoic list. We're getting through all of the Paleozoic, which includes what? It includes Cambrian, Ordovician, Silurian, Devonian, Carboniferous, and Permian. That takes you the whole way up to the dinosaurs, so you guys can look forward to that on future episodes. Our next episode will be what, Dylan? Silurian. <laughs> What's the top predator of the Silurian? Brano Scorpio. <laughs> Is that true? Maybe. Okay, well, we're going to find out when we do our research. But what happened after the Cambrian extinction event, we saw... The Great Ordovician Biodiversity Event. Not as cool of a name as the Cambrian Explosion, huh, Dylan? Yeah, it could have been the Ordovician Explosion. Yeah, they, they could have just called the... it the... I guess they, you can only have one explosion as far as names go. Yeah. <laughs> well, we... land w had one giant supercontinent, which was at that time called Godwana. It and... wasn't Pangea? No, it was Godwana, and it was migrating to the South Pole during this time period. And CO2 levels rose in the atmosphere, so that made the oceans about 2,000 feet higher than they are today because we have a bunch of seawater that's trapped in ice, right, Dylan? Yeah. At our and, poles. And reverse calamari, like cephalopods or nautilides, <laughs> Well, this type of creatures dominated the ocean, some growing up to 20 feet long. So, Dylan, what is reverse calamari? It's a squid that eats you. It's a squid that eats you. 20 foot long shell. So this shell looks like a cone party hat, but it's 20 feet long and it's suckered squid with long tentacles hanging out of one end that's trying to eat you. Basically an ammonite that's not curled up. And they can propel themselves through the water by shooting water out of their mouths like a jet. So they were nothing to mess around with and we call them cephalopods, which includes nautiloids. Which are uh, the cone-shelled? The cone-shelled ones, yep. Yeah. And during this era, we saw a different development in our fish. They started to develop armor. They didn't develop jaws yet. They didn't develop jaws. So we saw jawless fish vertebrates with head armor. And during this period of time, the trilobites started becoming diverse. And what did they develop in this time period? They developed... The ability to roll up into a ball for defense. So whenever a predator would come, they had a, a, an armory outer shell, and they would roll up like a pill bug. <laughs> so that was a cool new ability. The land during this period was still dry and barren at the beginning, but we saw the first type of life expand onto the land, and it was plants. Well, I think 
microbes got there first. Well, the first multicellular life. How's that? Yeah. And they actually have found evidence of fossilized burrows of millipedes indicating that arthropods started moving towards the land as well. But not fish yet. Not fish yet. We'll have to wait a few hundred million years for that. I don't Devonian? know. During the Devonian period, towards the end of this period, the climate started to change again. And we already talked about this extinction. Yep. It's when the plants started to take out the CO2 in the atmosphere, and the world started to cool. So imagine you have all these plants on, on land with nothing eating them, and they're eating up all the CO2 that was making the planet super warm. So once it cooled, you started to get polar ice caps, just like we do today, and that that reduced because of the reduction in greenhouse gases. So, that is called the Ordovician Silurian Mass Extinction Event, and it's the second worst extinction At event. At 85% of all life going extinct. You should check out, if you haven't, the episode before this, and we talk about all the different mass extinction events. Yeah. All right, let's get into our Ordovician animal list. And, and we the, started right at the top. At reverse calamari, Endoceras. Endoceras is our, is our apex predator, giant 20-foot squid. Well, I, some could grow up to 30 foot. So we, we theorize... That they could have, they could grow up to thirty feet. I use twenty as an average, but I have a stat in front of me saying they could have fifteen to thirty foot shells. These are giant nautiloid squid-like creatures. Largest cephalopod in the fossil record, and it was the underwater killing machine. It was the top predator, and we already talked about how it could jet water through its mouth. It had up to 10 arms, suckers on the arms, and it probably had the ability to shoot ink like a modern-day squids can to confuse predators. But and it didn't have any predators. Well, it probably... To confuse prey. To, to confuse prey, and it probably had squabbles with other predators, just like predators do today. Yeah. Maybe other squid. Other squid, that's right. And... There, there is a hypothesis that it had a poisonous bite as well. So that's pretty cool. That makes it a more, a better killing machine. So they have found types of nautiloid squid as small as your pinky finger and some as long as a telephone pole. So that's a pretty big range. That's basically as long as a bush. Yeah, so essentially you got your school bus down to a Cheeto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, all okay, right. We next got Megalograptus, the, the sea scorpion with spines on its arms. Yeah, so this is an ancient sea scorpion. As far as we know, didn't have any venom in its tail. And didn't have any real claws, but it had these spines on its arms. So imagine a crab, but instead of collapsible claws, it's just arms with spikes well, on Well, more like a lobster with the long tail. Yeah, I guess it does look like a lobster to me. You're right. But instead of having those lobster claws, it just has spike arms. But it, it is like fin-like legs that it used to swim around. It does have some chompers on it, though. Some like two like spiky fangs that it can use to, it's... To, to grip prey. And it swimmed 
the, very well. How, how, how long was this guy? This guy was like one foot long. Well, they said it could grow up to about three feet long. But one we, to three feet, basically. We saw it in that movie that does Walking with Dinosaurs. It's basically guys half as long as the guy. Yeah, there he there was a bunch of them in the ancient. What was the name of that one, Dylan? About he went in all I think the was, top deadliest seas. Yeah, yeah, and the we, we saw the end of Sarah's eating the scorpions. <laughs> That's right. These are relatives of a modern day horseshoe crab. Not scorpions. It says they're related to horseshoe crabs. But horseshoe crabs are arachnids. Yep, so. they're covered in rigid armor, and they had sharp spines on its arms, and they dominated until the evolution of jawed predator fish. And then the the jawed predator fish started eating them. So just like a, a modern-day crustacean, they could grow a new shell whenever they needed. So they would have been vulnerable when they were shedding that new shell. So we think that they would have the same behavior as other crustaceans like this where they would gather in huge herds and this is when they would molt and shed their shells right yeah they were safety also in numbers meat right exactly and this is one of the coolest facts that i found the females of this species could store sperm in their bodies and then use it whenever they wanted to get pregnant for up to two months wait pregnant they gave like birth or they lay eggs they would lay eggs but how well, they get pregnant then well, they would. They could choose when they wanted to fertilize their eggs. Thank yeah. you. For, that is the correct term. You're right. They don't get pregnant because that's a mammalian quality. Yeah. They were ambush predators that hunted fish and trilobites. They are believed to be among some of the first creatures that ever went on the land from the crustacean. But probably it wouldn't get very family. far with those fin-like legs. Yeah, it probably wiggled up and maybe uh, some, you No, know, I think it molted on land to be safe from predators. Right, it might have molted on land. That's, that's a good hypothesis, Dylan. I like that. All right. Let's, what's our next one, Dylan? A gyrocassis. And this guy, a gyrocassis, is, if you listen to our Cambrian episode, is a relative of a, of a group of extinct animals. Called radiodonts. And it includes Anomalocaris. Anomalocaris was the apex the main, predator of the, the Cambrian. One of the, the funny things about it is it has this long nose thing on its. It has this long nose thing in the. Yeah. Yeah, it's it looks like like kind of like a. I don't know, like a really bizarre whale, and it has a. You're just going to have to look at a picture of this. It's got a crazy looking nose. net of. Of, of tentacles that come down off of its chin. And, and it has that weird nose. That's the baleen that, that does the filter feeding. This is a suspension feeder, and it was seven feet long. Biggest radiodont ever. And as we learned in the last episode, all these giant plant-eating or filter-feeding creatures evolved, evolved from top apex carnivores. Like the whale shark and the blue whale. Right. Yeah, exactly. They evolved from, from meat-eating carnivorous predators. It was able to get so huge because it was a suspension feeder, and basically its hanging comb-like hair is filtered plankton out of the water. And it was the first of the giant suspension feeders. So that's pretty cool. Okay, next, 
we have a watermelon with a shark-like fin on its tail. Saka Bam Baspis. This is one of the examples of those armored fish. What happened with fish is they still didn't have the ability to swim very well because they didn't really have arms or good fin-like structures. They basically were like tadpoles and were kind of wiggling around. But what they did start to evolve was tail is, fins. is head armor. Oh. Yeah, they did have some a dorsal fin on the tail, most of them. This is an extinct jawless fish, about 10 inches of length. Yeah, and like like Dylan already said, it kind of looks like a watermelon with a tail. It did have a shark-like fin on its tail. And its head was made of a large dorsal plate. And what, is, what kind of material was it made from? It was made from fingernail material. No, it was made of a material similar to the enamel of human teeth, actually. Oh. Um, it was not made the... the I thought uh, it was keratin. Keratin is what you were thinking of, but enamel is a different type of material. It's more of a bone. And we saw pictures of what its jaw looked like. It's basically looks like a smiley face kind of. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it looks like a big bubble with a tiny little cute like Japanese style smiley face on it. And it lived in coastal areas, and it was a bottom feeder. So these jawless fish had um, had mouths that would never close. They would just suck food in through these constantly open mouths. And it had some primitive sex or or not sex sense organs that could feel movement in the water to help it find food and avoid being eaten. What's our next one, Dylan? We have Arendaspis. Arendaspis, and now we're looking at another extinct species of jawless fish, but what makes this one different? It was discovered in Australia. <laughs> no, come on, Dylan. It had armor on both the bottom and, and the, the top. top. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, that's funny, Dylan. It had a head shield made of thin bone. It had a lower and upper head shield with spaces for eyeballs and gills. And it also had sense organs that could sense predators, similar to the Sacabambispus. And this was about a six-inch fish, so a little bit smaller. But it basically looks the same as the Sacabambispus, except it has those it two armored have a, plates a instead of one. Like doesn't have the shark-like tail fin. It doesn't. It kind of also looks a lot more like it's a... a leaf type. I would say it's a little more streamlined and, and a little bit... Uh, but it still probably wouldn't have been a very efficient swimmer. It probably would have still just moved by wiggling around like a tadpole. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, then we have conodons. They're basically swimming worms with teeth. Yeah, and... <clears throat> We've only ever found jaw mechanisms of these, so... So we don't know if it's like a weird fish or a worm. Yeah, we think it's probably a worm or an eel-like creature, just based on comparative anatomy and, you know, guesswork. But really, the picture you'll find is this kind of scary-looking, evil, alien-looking creature. But the thing about these is they were super small. Only 200 microns to 5 millimeters in that's, length. That's so, microscopic. So you got something that you need to either, you can barely see or, or you need to see with a microscope. Maybe they use the teeth to like suck on the blood of the other animals. Well, maybe they did. And these guys survived into the Permian. So they were one of the survivors. 
All right. Asaphus. This is an extinct trilobite, about a three-centimeter like trilobite. type antenna on its head. We picked this one because it has an interesting evolution. It started to bury itself in the mud in the bottom of the ocean to avoid predators. And as it evolved, it developed its eyes on the stalk so it could get deeper and deeper into the sediment. Yeah. Basically, it would keep its eyes above water to, to find something to, find to, something to eat, eat or to find predators. Exactly. So over time, through natural selection, it developed these eye socks. And that's really neat. Okay, now we have our most boring. Yeah. This malcurates. Is, malcurates. These are... Extinct... Snails. Yeah. And there's really not a lot to say about these guys. They're uh, pretty... Pretty big snail, 15 centimeter shell. So, relatively large gastropod with a shell diameter. A gastropod is a snail. Exactly. Basically, a scientific name. And one thing that they did find, they have found evidence that these guys could close a lid over their opening, which would allow them to be sealed inside when they retracted their foot to kind of escape predators inside their shell. And I, I don't know of any other living gastropod that has the ability to do that, do you? Like, no. So that's kind of a cool thing, right? Yeah, it could, it could squeeze its body in there. Yeah, it could go, it could retract its body in, into its shell and then close a hard shell lid over the top of it. That's kind of cool. Yeah, so there you go. That okay. was kind of neat. And We have a, a, a pretty cool one. Graptolites, which kind of looks like a jellyfish. And these are, our next two animals are, people would mistake them for plants because they don't really move. They just kind of either, they're attached they to just, the bottom of the ocean or they just, or they float, just float around float like around. jellyfish. Yeah, and, but they don't move like some jellyfish, as we discovered in a previous episode, do move. But fossil graptolites are thin, shiny markings on rock surfaces, then they look like Basically, someone took a pencil and just drew it on the rock. Maybe it possibly could. And their name comes from the Greek for writing on rocks. Ooh. <laughs> there you go. They These guys lived in huge colonies, up to 5,000 individual animals. How big is an individual animal? Uh, well, I think they were anywhere from 6 to 30 inches. Well, that would be a big colony. Yes, it was. So the individual lived in a skeleton of collagen similar to the material from which our fingernails are made. So maybe that's where you got confused from earlier. These are the guys that are made of uh, skeletal collagen similar to the material of which fingernails Basically, are made. Basically keratin. Well, it doesn't... I don't know what a skeleton of collagen means in, in you know, contrast to keratin. Careful with that noise. All right. Some graprolites lived on the bottom of the ocean where they would stick to the surface of a, with a special structure. They grew upwards just like a plant, adding more living chambers as the colony got older. Other graprolites, how do they, what do they do? They sw just floated around in the ocean. Yeah, so they might have just drifted on the ocean currents like seaweed. So, again, just filter feeders which is a common strategy. Okay, now we got crinoids, which are basically flowers that live in, that are animals. 
The, yeah, they look like flowers. So imagine just like they kind of look like grassy weeds with with giant they like flowers look like in the end. Palm trees. Yeah. So these are in the same group of animals as sea stars and sea urchins, and so there some are actually some crinoids alive today, but they're much more rare. We think they were much more prolific in the ancient seas. They're basically the seaweed of the Ordovician. But today, there are 700 living species of crinoids, uh, living ones sometimes referred to as sea lilies. And there are some modern varieties that float freeform in the ocean. So anyway, these ancient ones had arms that are called tentacles, a head called a calyx, and a stem, which was normally anchored to the seafloor. They're, they're kind of starfish that are on stems. Yeah, starfish floating around on a stem. They're filter feeders. So again, they were, things that were floating by would stick to their tentacles, and then they would just absorb them. Uh-huh. So you have animal-like plants. No, plant-like plant -like animals. animals. Not animal-like <laughs> plants, duh. All right, well, that is our show that wraps up the Ordovician period. Did we miss your favorite Ordovician squid? Prehistoric battle! Stick in campus, pack of four, aka Mushroom Time period, late Devonian. Location, Worldwide Oceans. Weight, 20 pounds. Length, 3 feet. Diet, small fish. Weapons, sharp teeth. Defenses, weird head structure. And the feeding frenzy. Weaknesses, small basic shark. Endoceras, aka Unleash the Kraken. Location, Worldwide Oceans. Time period, Portobicium. Weight, unknown. Length, 30 feet. Diet, all the sea life. Weapons, tentacles of doom. Ink cloud burst, poisonous bite. Defenses, hard as rock. Shell, 20 feet long. Weaknesses, Small body and soft body. Round one. Fight! I am the Endoceras. I am the ruler of the Ordovician Oceans. Oh, I just ate a fish. Nobody messes with me in the Ordovician. Oh no! It's four! Stephen Campus! What are they doing here? They don't evolve for millions of years in the late Demodian! Yes, we are here to destroy you. Take my ink cloud first. You can't see anything now. I just ate one of you. You're eating my arm. My tentacle has just been severed. Sucker punch. I just spread you across the ocean floor, but you're coming back. Oh no! I have lost two more tentacles. Oh, another tentacle. What? I'm eating one of you. 
Only two left. I only have two tentacles left. The last tentacle. I just slammed into you with my 20 foot long shell and speared you to a rock. Only one left. Uh, what is up with your weird head spike oh. coming at me? Oh, my soft body can't take this. Uh, I have a poisonous spike, my final secret weapon, and I remain ruler of the worldwide ocean. Don't come to the Ornithian unless you're looking the best with me. A leg with squid. My name is Mitch. I am the top dog of the Ordovician Ocean. I'm a 20-foot long cephalopod. Am I a cephalopod? Come on, you ruined it. Yes, you